Hi, I'm Jerry House. You know, I've known these shady ladies for a very long time, and I love to hear their stories, but you have to take them with a grain of salt. Now, these tales and opinions are not for the faint of heart. And this podcast is not suitable for children, but then neither is the music business. So light one up and lighten up, because you're listening to the Shady Ladies of Music City. Is this on? Are we doing it now? What are we saying again? I'm Evelyn. And I'm Susan. Some people refer to us as... The Shady Ladies of Music City. All right, we were working on uh, season two of Shady Ladies, uh, our podcast, and the pandemic came up. So we've had to change our format to doing it not together sitting at Robert's house, but each of us at our own house on our own phones with our own iPad and our own voice memo recording everything. So this is probably, we'll call this podcast in the time of coronavirus. Like everyone in America, we're having to adapt and change the way we do things. And we had great intentions of starting season two and did in fact start season two. And we got them done, and then the pandemic happened, and then it was all this self-isolation. We thought, well, let's try it uh, via phone, like everyone else is doing. And, of course, one thing led to another. We had a huge storm where, you know, 135,000 people lost electricity, and that sort of stopped us mid-track. Then we did it again, and we had a little technical problem that it didn't work. And so here we go again for the third time, and hopefully we will get this one done, and uh, it'll be a a whole new day of how to do podcasts. For us. For everyone. (laughs) So, Susan, what have you been doing during this time of isolation, self-isolation? Have you gone out at all? Have you been partying? Have you been, you know, kicking up a storm in your neighborhood? I haven't gone out at all during uh, this... uh quarantining because it started off fortuitously enough for me that I fractured part of my back by trying to put uh, some immobilizing cream on my Achilles tendon, which I had pulled in my multi-exercise program. What had happened is I was in the bathroom, I had my leg up, I was putting the cream on and I fell right flat on my back and fractured a vertebrae about 40%, which was a huge deal. So I was in bed for like the first two months and didn't really go out and wasn't really tempted to go out. I had to heal. They told me it would take at least 12 weeks. The 16th of May, it'll be 12 weeks. And, it, you know, I have uh, rested a lot. But what I've done is I have uh, been really anxious about the pandemic. That's what I've done. I've uh, started a new book called The Russell Letters that I'm kind of excited about, and I have played my flute. I was a flute student in high school in Pittsburgh growing up. I took from the first flutist of the Pittsburgh Symphony, and I really thought I was going to go to Juilliard, but I didn't, obviously. When I came down to Nashville, I brought my flute with me, and I played on a couple recordings down here you know, very simple, basic things. But I had an inexpensive flute, and uh, it broke, and I never got it fixed. Well, I decided after seeing Lizzo work her flute, 
and how great she was, that I was going to be the Hebrew Lizzo and play my flute on the podcast and entertain everybody, you know, playing music. So I've been practicing a little. I don't have any real music. Uh, I could probably order some from Amazon, but I don't have any music. So I've just been playing the scales. But it was amazing that my umberture lasted and I can still play fairly well. So I've been doing that. Ted and I have watched a ton of movies and series. We watched uh, the whole Ozark show, which was really amazingly good. And we've watched a ton of other things. I watched Hollywood the other night by Ryan Murphy. And uh, that is really great. It's kind of upbeat and uh, makes you believe that things are still possible in Hollywood as far as doing a good show and, you know, having people film it and having your dreams come true. I recommend it for everybody that wants to watch something positive. So that's what I've been doing and, uh, you know, trying to walk, which has not been that easy. I'll tell you, when you get into your 70s, it's not that easy if you break a fracture a bone. What have you been doing, Evelyn? Well, I really haven't been doing as much as you, apparently. <laughs> I have uh, just sort of been puttering around my house, organizing stuff, you know, to the point that I'm now organizing everything for the second time. I've been doing uh, some gardening, growing some lettuce, which is a first for me, and it's actually been quite exciting because we've been eating salads off of it already for, you know, about 10 days. And that's been fun. In my garden, the flowers have just been incredible. All the peonies are blooming, blooming right now. That's because it's and rained I, so much here. I've never seen so much rain here. I know. It is so green outside. Of course, it's killing my husband's allergies because there's so much pollen everywhere. But, you know, the yard looks great, and that's nice. And um, I, too, have been watching a lot of TV, but I haven't been binging on new series as much as I've just been binging on the news and getting myself crazy about everything that's going on. I mean, the pandemic's bad enough, but to have such an inept administration that has absolutely no clue what to do for the people, and the proof of it is, you know, the numbers. And the numbers are over 80,000 people died in two months in this country. And uh, unfortunately, our government just sort of acts like, you know, what a great job they've done in preventing people from dying. And meanwhile, you know, we're going to have well over 100,000 people, maybe a couple hundred thousand people by the time this is done. And, you know, I wonder if they're still going to think they did such a great job. But, you know, the unfortunate thing is that people have a short memory and then, you know, they get over it quickly. Well, you know, it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, other world leaders have participated in, you know, international discussions. The two that really haven't are Trump and Putin. And as you explained to me, Evelyn, uh, in Russia... Putin has just kind of backed away from everything and has let various oligarchs of various areas run the country and run the pandemic and run how the people are doing. So they're having, you know, a huge outbreaks. And our president, you know, has been uh, telling a lot of lies. He thinks it's like bad for his image. I mean, what a crazy man to just think about himself in every single, you know, situation. 
I think he's mainly worried about getting reelected. So, you know, he kept talking at the beginning as, as so many people lay dying about how we had the best stock market and the best economy in the history of the United States. And he, you know, relates everything to him. And I, Donald Trump, have done it. But as time has gone on and things have gotten worse, he still says the same thing. You know, I'm handling this great, don't you think? And he's so hostile to reporters that ask him any kind of question that disagrees with what he says. And, you know, most uh, presidents have seen the press not necessarily as their allies, but as the people that, you know, are here to tell the truth to the consumers and the population. He doesn't like it. If somebody opens their mouth and disagrees with them, he'd like to cut off their head. Then he has his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who he put in charge of something with the pandemic. And I don't know if any of you have watched this documentary on television called Dirty Money. And the second episode in it, the first one is about Wells Fargo that was so involved in the uh, recession of 2008. The when housing. All, what? The housing crash. Yeah, the housing crash, and Wells Fargo is the one that gave people a lot of loans that had no money and got them in a lot of trouble. Well, that's the first episode. The second episode is Jared Kushner, who is beyond slum landlord. He was so awful to the people that he rented to, hundreds and thousands of people that had leaks in their roof and water running in and insects and rats in their places. And he kept saying to them, oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. He never fixed it. As a matter of fact, he made it worse. And he raised their rent and made it so that they couldn't live there. They would have to buy it. And, you know, he's just been an awful, awful person. And uh, I can't believe this is the one that Trump put in for the uh, to run the pandemic thing. And also to make peace in the Mideast, as if Jared, you know, had a lot of practice as a negotiator. Very, very unfortunate. Well, if nothing else, I think this time of pandemic has really shined a light on the corruptness and the, uh, you know, incompetence of what's going on. I mean, I think everybody can look around and say, my God, you know, how? why is this being handled this way? It just makes no sense. So... You know, I guess there's a there's a reason for everything. You know, I read an article in Billboard that said the entertainment, the recording industry was going to lose nine billion dollars this year because there were no tours. And so the artist loses money, the managers lose money, the crews lose money, the, the band loses money. And the fans don't get to go. So I don't think people are going to be going back to stadiums for a long time. Would you? Well, it's, it's definitely going to be a, a new scenario. But, you know, we're talking about, like, let's say there is a vaccine in a couple of years, you know, then stadiums will go back for the time being. I don't know how they're going to handle this, but people have always wanted and needed entertainment. And, you know, it's one thing to watch it on TV, but, it, you know, you want that personal rapport between that's how people earn fans. It's not because they watched them on TV so much as, you know, they saw them in concert and now they feel, you know, part of the story. Um, I think that they're doing some really interesting things with these little, you know, Zoom boxes and different ways of putting bands together to play. But, you know, that's nice for one song. That's not like for a concert. 
But I don't know how that's going to affect, you know, the entertainment business. It's a strange thing, you know, because you have the record business, which is one thing, and then you have the live business, which is another thing, and all the people in between. You know, I'm curious to, you know, talk to somebody who's active right now, and nobody's active, but to well, see, you know, who they're cutting people, back. They're, I'm sure they're cutting back all the consultants. People are having new records come out and new singles come out, and I think that the records are do. I think that the records are doing fairly well, whatever records, however they sell them now. But you know, people have time to listen and explore new music right now. I think maybe a lot of music is flourishing you know, the downloads and things, because people are finding, you know, having the time to kind of explore what's out there. And uh, well, Kenny so maybe Chesney in one just, way. Kenny Chesney just overturned Trump, uh, Drake for the number one spot on Billboard for the first time. So I would say that, you know, music must be doing well. Yeah, I think he, he bounced uh the number one spot after t- 10 weeks, I think, Drake had held it. So that was good for Kenny. And then uh, Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande just put out this song called Stuck With You, which I happen to really like, which is just kicking ass. And, you know, I think that some people are doing great. I think the same people that always do well are doing well. I don't think that there's anybody new that's coming out. You know, I don't think how could they? I think it's all the same people, but I'm glad. I'm glad to hear all this music. I, who don't download anything, go to YouTube to listen to everything. Well, you're not a good customer then. <laughs> no, but I, I know what's going on. But you have bought more CDs than almost anybody I know, so God knows you have supported the record industry. I have. I love the CDs, and I still listen to them. And, you know, when push comes to shove, if I'm here at home, I'll listen to a lot of classical music, but I'll listen to, you know, The Star is Born, or I'll listen to old uh, Beyonce albums or old Jay-Z albums and old soundtracks from movies. Well, I'm wondering how the people working in the business, though, are faring through all this, like all the PR companies that no doubt have been, you know, put on hiatus until the business gets back. I'm just wondering, you know, what's going on. They need to get jobs fixing the bridges, fixing the water supplies. They need to get jobs fixing the country. You know, it would give them something to do while they're waiting for the... And I don't think... I think this is the new reality. I don't think anything's ever going to go back to normal because what was normal? We were a greedy little society. Everybody was spent, you know a lot of money and bought a lot of things and everybody ate out all the time. I don't think that's going to be happening. I don't want to go to a restaurant. Do you? I'd love to get out to a restaurant, truth be told. Uh, I don't want to take my life in, in my hands, of course, but, you know, I'm sick of cooking, to be honest. I have cooked, you know, a couple meals a day every day now for months. <laughs> so, Susan, when this is over, what's the first thing that you're eager to do? Get my hair cut. <laughs> my hair is so long, I'm starting to feel like an ancient Rapunzel. You know, I, and I wouldn't mind, you know, going out and uh, going to the movies. I really miss going to the movies. I like watching stuff at home, but I love the movies. And I'd like to be able to go out and buy some new makeup. I mean, if it's going to be two years till we can really go out... What am I going to waddle out in my same clothes that I've had for 50 years and my same hairdo and makeup? I mean, well, why, should, why should the next two years be any different than the last <laughs> two years? 
I don't know, but there's things I want to do. But truthfully, the longer I've been in, Robert, the less I feel like I really need, you know, I don't really need that much. It's what it made me realize is that I don't hardly need anything. And maybe it's because I'm older and I'm not that acquisitive anymore. But, uh, you know, it's not like I want I mean, I wouldn't mind going out and, you know, eating, getting some cake. It was my birthday and I couldn't go out and buy a birthday cake. And that's what I love and look for. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that. I'd love to go to the beach, just to walk on the beach. I'd love to go travel. You know, Ted and I have wanted to go to London uh, for a long time. And, you know, or I'd like to go back to Italy. And, uh, you know, I'm terrified to get on a plane. And over there, everything is covered with coronavirus, too. So I'd love to travel. Evelyn, what would you like to do when this is over? Well, I'd like to go to the dentist, truthfully, because I was having some dental work done right before the shutdown, and it wasn't done right, unfortunately. So that's one of the things I'd like to do is get that dealt with. And then um, I'd like to get my hair cut because it's really getting long. Uh, And I'd like to go out to a restaurant. I'd like to just go to the store. I'd like to go to Target and go wandering around. I know, um, but that's I miss too seeing bad. My, miss seeing my sister Barbara because she lives in assisted living, and you know the hysteria about nursing homes and assisted living. Meanwhile, her assisted living place, no one has gotten sick, but I can't go over and see her, and it's been well, months. That's good. Well, I feel sorry for her. I think that she's lonely. You know, she'd like to see me and my other sister. Well, so right now, it's it's great that, you know, there's not been any reported cases there. It's because it they've is. been so careful. So, And I'm, I'll tell you one thing. I would like to go and buy something not from Amazon. That has become my life in the pandemic. Oh, I need to get, you know, some trays. Our trays broke. Quick, <laughs> write to Amazon. Call Amazon. Go on Amazon. I have everything that I get, I get from Amazon. You want toilet paper? Go to Amazon. You want hand sanitizers? Go to Amazon. Amazon is everything. And you know, that little Jeff Bezos has probably made so much money during the pandemic. And all of his workers are dying because he wasn't protecting them. But, you know, everybody's still going to Amazon. Well, you know, and, and, you know, it's sort of unfair to point a finger and say everybody's dying because, you know, people didn't know. They've had lots of people die at their, well, after they knew. Over 80,000 people have died and not most, you know, it just happens because this is what's going on. Uh, You know, everybody wants the stuff from Amazon. So, you know, it puts people uh, in exposure i think that they're trying to you know cover everybody but there's no telling you know i mean that's why it's so tricky if you wear gloves and a mask and then you you know take your finger with the glove on it and uh scratch your your nose boom it's over (laughs) so um it doesn't matter sometimes how much uh, equipment people have if they don't uh you know it's breaking that habit of touching your face and that takes a long time I'll tell you, I wouldn't mind having a drink like a mojito, you know, because I'm I, I'm in the house here and, you know, I don't really like wine. So I've just been drinking either tequila or honey bourbon and I would like to go out and get a regular drink. 
But see, I think a lot of those days are over. I think that everybody's going to have to adjust to this. And I think that even if they come up with a vaccine, Robert, this isn't that happy. But I think there'll be another virus that'll come out. Well, I think that people always adapt. And, you know, changes happen. There'll be more outdoor restaurants, you know, bigger spaces between the tables. You know, bars will, you know, or lounges, maybe lounges will come back where there's more space around. Uh, people always figure out how to adapt and innovate. And I have no doubt that they'll do it, you know, again. And, and people have always needed to socially interact and to, you know, have laughs together to you know, roll a joint and pass it, you know, that might be over forever. But I think that the gathering together and smoking your own joint uh, will still exist. And, um, you know, I'm confident that young people will figure this out. It's kind of overwhelming maybe for older people because it's like, oh, shit, you want me to start rethinking everything and replanning how I... uh, operate it's hard you know to change everything after so long but for young people coming up this will be their new normal and it won't be abnormal so no they'll just adapt right to it and move on i don't smoke anymore it's you know after 50 years i gave it up but you know i think it would be great if marijuana became legal because you know i've never seen any of the deleterious effects of marijuana for other people And it's not like people, you know, drive on marijuana and it's not like they have huge accidents or they kill anybody or do anything like that. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening and um, we hope everybody remains in good health and takes the proper care to not expose yourself any more than you have to. We promise that, uh, or at least we hope, that in the future the... uh, Our shows will be a little bit more upbeat and uh, talk more about the entertainment business that you look to us for. But right now, these are, you know, dire times, and I don't think people are overly happy and excited about, you know, uh, things like this. So, I, you know, I think we'll just have to kind of all do the best we can, and, and we're going to try maybe to do some podcast interviews with friends on the phone, so we'll see how that comes out, but we hope you stay in there and listen. I don't know. I've never heard anybody do it like this, so maybe we'd be the first. Maybe we'd start a new wave of podcasts. Well, I think everybody's doing it this way right now, probably. I don't know, because I've never listened to anybody else's podcast, have you? Well, that's easy then. <laughs> we're, we're the best and the most interesting, because we're the only one. That's right. Should I turn this off now? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Thanks for listening. You be sure to subscribe and we'll be sure to catch you off guard. So light one up and lighten up. Share and tell your friends. Then rate, review, and subscribe. Don't be quiet about this. We need you to tell everyone because why is someone going to listen to this? No one has any idea who that we are. So it's up to you to get us known. It has to be a viral thing. It has to be a, uh, you know, word of mouth thing because we're putting our faith in your hands. We are. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.shadyladiesofmusiccity.com. Shady Ladies of Music City is recorded and produced in Nashville, Tennessee and is presented by Monument Records. 
Executive producers are Jason Owen, Shane McAnally, and Katie McCartney. Our producer is Sarah Tahilly. Our theme song is written and performed by Robert Shavers. He is also our engineer and editor.